A praise and worship leader should be a Bible reader. It's Rhyme and Reason 493. Hey there, Tony here. And maybe you could already tell from the beginning of this episode that this might be a little controversial. I think it will be in certain circles. But um, I'm going to start out with this, and maybe you already know this, but contemporary music in church actually started in the charismatic movement, and uh, now it can be found in just about every kind of modern church in the world, and more and more churches, regardless of their theology, seem to prefer praise and worship music that sounds like the music of today, the contemporary music of today. So that's what a typical praise and worship leader tends to serve up each Sunday. And maybe you know this to be true in your church. Uh, If not, you could certainly let me know, you know, email me or contact me, make a comment on the website at TonyFundenberg.com. But I'd like to know because what I see most of the time is what I'm talking about. And that brings up a question. Should a praise and worship leader focus on those kinds of trends? I mean, there's a lot of evidence that contemporary praise and worship is directly related to the contemporary Christian music industry. And that can be good, but it can also be not so good. I mean, the Bible says we're to not be conformed to this world. And unfortunately, a lot of Christian music, even on the radio, on the radio and in church, has the same look and feel as the rest of the world. So, Praise and worship music is obviously influenced by popular music of the world, but the message in modern worship music should still work to transform the world. Do you agree? You don't agree? It really should. And help renew minds to the knowledge of the one true living, loving creator. And most importantly, it should be based on strong Christian theology not just feelings. And actually, as I think about that, uh, I think the the part where it renews your mind to the knowledge of the one true living, loving creator, that's the most important. But anyway, they're all important, what I was just mentioning. And for example, there's no shortage of controversy surrounding the, the lyrical content of a lot of the contemporary worship music. The more conservative churches feel that the the modern lyrics are repetitious and and they lack depth and meaning. And I fall into that camp. I agree with that. And still others say that worship services seem more like concert time. And if you watch a lot of these things from churches, they turn the lights down low and, you know, get the light show going up on the stage and the people up there look like, you know, it looks like a concert, not an involvement of everyone becoming a body, you know, and the people in church are supposed to be, wasn't there something in the Bible that called it the body of Christ? The body of Christ, not the bodies, not a bunch of different bodies who just happen to be in the same place. I mean, these days I know that a, a contemporary worship time is led by what they call a worship leader, And I know choir directors are mostly a thing of the past. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, necessarily. Uh, Typically, a worship leader is a musician who 
you know, like a guitarist or a pianist with at least passable singing ability and a love for sharing the gospel of Jesus in song. And many worship leaders also compose some of the worship songs they use for the church. I did that when I was working in a small church in Denver, Colorado, for three years. And I got a lot of really nice songs out of that. But that's all where the balancing comes in, with a a good combination of classic church music and contemporary. Um, You know, then the older members won't appreciate the the absence of that deeper message-filled music. So you should have that. You should have some form of that. And, of course, the younger members tend to get bored if there's no beat. And it's amazing how so many issues arise out of the music. Ah, anyway, in church. That's what I'm talking about, the music in church. Uh, Something I worked on when I was the praise and worship leader of that church I mentioned was a remix of old standards. And by that, I mean I'd take a hymn and give it a, a solid contemporary beat. And my personal preference was, um, and it still is, a mix of music that basically leaves everyone feeling refreshed and exhilarated and ready to serve the living God. Up, you know, up, ready for the march, ready for the getting out there. That's the way I liked to do music, not the kind that's bringing people into this moment of uh, meditation and getting the voices all airy and all that. Uh, It drives me batty to hear it. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to share a little bit of one of those songs I talked about, a remix here, and I'll be right back. What a wonderful change in my life has been wrought Since Jesus came into my heart I have light in my soul for which long I had sought Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Lots of joy my soul like the sea billows roll since Jesus came into my heart. I have ceased from my wandering and going astray since Jesus came into my heart. And my sins, which were many, are all washed away since Jesus came into my heart. Since Jesus came into my heart since Jesus came into my heart floods of joy or my soul like the sea billows roll since Jesus came into my heart I'm possessed of a hope that is steadfast and sure since Jesus came into my heart and no dark clouds of doubt now my pathway Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Floods of joy o'er my soul Like the sea billows roll Since Jesus came into my heart There's a light in the valley of death 
since Jesus came into my heart And the gates of the sea beyond I can see Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Since Jesus came into my heart Let's enjoy my soul like the sea billows roll pumped up and exhilarated after that, you might need to check your pulse. That does it. I mean, that gets you going, doesn't it? It does. It should. That's upbeat. It's an old standard. I remember my grandmother sang that song, but she didn't sing that version of it. I know that. I know it's essential. It's essential and it's crucial to present songs for that wide variety of emotions out there. You know, the different personalities and the different needs of the body of Christ. And, of course, what they need isn't always what they want. So, I guess the musical dilemma continues. Now, I know it won't be a problem when we die and join that praise and worship in the sweet by and by. But I sure wish we could get along today and focus on the message and what the Lord would say. As a matter of fact, what he did say. And it's right there in black and white and red in a book that is the best-selling book of all time. And if you're a praise and worship leader, dive into it today. It's full of things you can write about. And you don't have to write about how wonderful you feel and how wonderful and how, how amazing or how unworthy. I mean, all this kind of stuff. You don't have to think in terms of your perspective. You can go in the Bible and it's full of stories and parables. Hey, there are parables. And jump into that and find out who did a lot of the, who spoke a lot of those parables. It's pretty interesting. Okay, that's all I'll do for this controversial episode. And until next time, this is Tony from TonyFunderberg.com. Remember, life has rhyme and reason because God made you. There's a rhyme.